This message um, that I put together, I call it the greatest witness protection ever. And we're going to talk a little bit about witnessing and listening. That's what I'd like to share with you all. And one of my friends said, I was telling what I was going to preach on, and he's like, you can't tell people they need to witness. And I'm like, it's in the Bible. We're going to go over some scripture. And it was funny because days before, he sent me a text, and he was encouraging me with some scripture. And I'm like, you're witnessing right there, and you, you, you don't even realize it. Um, last thing before I get started, one thing that I truly believe, I believe God speaks to all of us every day through circumstance. You might not hear his voice. Some of you all might, but he speaks to us every day through circumstance. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about that today. So let's start out with our first point. The greatest witness protection program ever. Point one, our witness should cause people to see only Jesus in us. Matthew 17, verse 1 through 8. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountaintop by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's huge right there. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this building that you've given us to talk about you in, Lord. I pray that ears hear what they need to hear today, Lord. And I pray that eyes see what they need to see, Lord. And I pray for hearts just to open up. In Jesus' name, amen. Peter is in this extraordinary moment. So Peter's on this mountaintop with Jesus, James, and John, the three disciples. The Bible says, Jesus' face started shining bright like the sun. His clothes go white. Moses appears, Elijah appears. Why are Moses and Elijah there to meet with Jesus and the disciples? That's a good question. Why are they there? Moses and Elijah are significant people that play a huge role in the Bible. All roles are huge, but to me this just seems really big what these two men did. Moses was the receiver of the law, and Elijah was a great prophet. The scripture is telling us that Jesus is greater than the law, and he is the promised come Messiah. The message is clear that the one who has come... To fulfill the message and the prophets is him. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Elijah. And he is doing this so as, the, as they go out to teach the gospel, they're going to have more confidence, understanding he is he's the, he's the real deal. I mean, he turned into like a laser light show. I mean, how 
scary would that be? I mean, like, what just happened? You know, he's just glowing and his clothes are cloud above. Uh, question, why are we here at this point in this time? Why are we all here at this point in this time when we can read the scriptures and the Bible in the Bible and the Bible is complete and here for us? It's the same reason Peter and James were on this mountaintop. Why are we included in God's story? Why are we included in God's team? Peter thinks he's there so he can talk and build things because that's what he did. He liked to build things. He wanted to build a tent for everybody and he's just having this, woohoo, we're all here, man, this is awesome, you know. Point taken. They are there to be witnesses. They were there to be witnesses. Just as we are witnesses in this present day and age. Can you imagine what they were witnessing as they were walking up this mountaintop and then out of nowhere, again, like I said, Jesus just lights up. That's pretty mind-blowing. This, this right here is real important. His transfiguration is for our transformation. His transfiguration, what happened there, is for our transformation. So many times, life is not about how we can do or what we can do, but it's a, lot of, it's a lot of it is how we just need to listen. We just need to listen, and so we can go out and witness. They were on that mountaintop so they could go witness something. Jesus is so great at setting, setting us up, and the, you hear the stories how he set all of them up. And I mean, this, he, this was a total setup for them. Again, we are here to witness things and then witness back to people. Listen to God as he interrupts Peter. And he says, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I can't imagine. It must have sounded like thunder or, or an avalanche or something. I mean... This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's what this is for. We read it. We listen to him. He speaks to us through it. He speaks to us daily. We just need to slow down and listen. Even a bright cloud appears. When God speaks to the earth like he did in this situation, it becomes clear to you and me that the most important thing that this planet and its inhabitants need to come to realize is what we have in Jesus Christ. As I said earlier, God speaks to us through daily circumstance. We just don't listen. God spoke to me once through a black cat. <laughs> through a black cat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tell you a little story here. My wife, she loves animals. This was, this was about a year and a half, two years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. She likes to take these animals home and she'll foster them. My kids enjoy it, whether it's a little cat or a dog. And she had this cat. Wow, I'm walking away from the podium. Here I go. <laughs> so, wow, this is kind of neat. Okay. Now I don't know what to say. I forgot what I was saying. All right, so 
she has this she has this cat and she's taking care of it for days and where I'm going with this is this is something I needed to hear. It was all about me at that time in our relationship. I was getting really involved in what I was doing here and I love what I'm doing here and and my wife loves these animals. Well, this was a Saturday evening and we were invited to a barbecue. And if you all know me, I love to eat. So we were going to this barbecue. It was in the evening, and then something happened. The cat needed something. And she said, oh, we, we need to go to the vet. We need to go to the vet. So I'm like, no, the cat will make it. I want to eat. I was being very selfish. So she's getting upset. She's like, the cat needs to go to the vet. So I'm griping at this point. I'm like, man, this stinking little cat, rah, rah, rah. This is why you shouldn't be taking care of these animals. And shame on me. So she looks at me, almost like we just read, and she's like, stop. <laughs> Listen to me. She, um, she really did. She was upset, and I don't blame her. She said, you are stealing my joy. She goes, you are stealing my joy. You talk about feeling that big. And I'm like, honey, I'm so sorry. And she was 100% right. And I was just so wrapped up in what I was doing. My family, my family is who I need to have first. And I needed to hear that. So again, that's why I say God speaks to us through circumstance. We all have to listen. And I really believe that black cat was there for me to hear that because if not, we might have kept going, and I might have just kept rah, 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 and griping, and you know. So I'd miss the barbecue, but you know what? It was well worth it. <laughs> because after I apologized, I got one of the biggest hugs I haven't gotten in a long time, and shame on me. Let's go back to the story. After three years of people following Jesus, he gathered all those who were following him. And here is what he said. Let's move to point two. Point two. The Great Commission calls us to witness. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The one thing Jesus says is make sure he says to them, they hear what is known as the Great Commission, what he's talking about right here. Take this message, take your story of grace and what I've done for you to other people who don't know me and influence their lives. I'm going to repeat that again because that's, it's just so true. Take this message, take your story of grace and what I've done for you to other people who don't know me, and influence their lives. Go tell them about Jesus. Tell them what he's done in your life. Tell them what he's done in your family's life. And all things that you do, don't forget this one thing. Just remember that. Some of you in this room are going through some really tough times right now. And I realize that. We all have our, our ups and our downs in life. And I just encourage you right now, to listen, there might be somebody, there might be a black cat. God might be talking through an animal or to a neighbor, to you through this person. I just encourage you to listen 
Because again, he's, he's always talking to us every day of the moment. He's, he's that powerful enough to do that. He says, tell people your story and what Jesus has done in your life because we all have a story. One of the greatest things we get to do here at Coastline Community Church, being on staff here, is listening to your stories, your encouragement. You guys will come in here through the doors, sometimes through the week, and just be like, this is what Jesus did this week for me, or, or my relationship was healed, or my addiction was healed. And it's just such a blessing. It's such encouraging when you all do that, and, and we get to hear that. We just can't thank you all enough for those kind words. And he says to them, I'm going to empower you, and here's the way it unfolded. Jesus died and rose again, and 50 days later, at what was known as the Feast of Pentecost, 120 people were in this upper room, and he empowered them with the Holy Spirit. I would like to um, share another story with you all. We have a friend that works at a local gas station, and Mary and I would go there, gas up, buy our sodas, my kids, and we knew her for quite some time. This is about five years, years ago when this happened. We'd go in and talk to her. We've known her for years. I've known her for years. And then she had this period of time in her life where she was, she was just down. She was out. Things weren't going well, and I, I could, could feel it through her way she was talking and stuff. And one day she just flat out told me, you know, life sucks right now. It's just not good for me. So I started to tell her a little bit about what Jesus has done in my life, and she knew that I was volunteering at this church called the Way Church. This is when we were in Hoover. And I'd go by there late Sundays and say, hey, why don't you come join us in the morning? And so as I'm telling her this, like, let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. She didn't really want to hear anything about it. She's like, no. And I told her about the church, and she just still had no interest. And then my wife, a couple days later, she goes in there, and I did not ask her to do this. This is just how powerful God is. He just put it on my wife to go near the Holy Spirit just to talk to her about Jesus and what he's done in our lives and several people's lives. And my kids, a couple days later, the four of us are in there. And we're talking to her, and Eden, my youngest at the time, was eight years old. And she said, look, I know my parents have been talking to you. I really wish you'd go hear what Jesus has to say to you. And it's an eight-year-old saying that. And we get no credit for this. God gets all the glory. You know, we're not looking for any credit in this story. God gets all the glory. So she, what, what do you say? She's like, okay. She didn't say yet when or a time like that. Well, that was Saturday night. The next morning, Sunday morning, another friend of ours that was going to church here that I grew up with, and here we are now both setting up at this church. Jesus has changed our lives. He pulls up to the gas station. He knows her. And he says, hey, she happened to be there. She wasn't working. She was just hanging out with her coworkers. He said, jump in my car. We're going to church. She's like, no. <laughs> he basically kidnapped her. He said, look, you have to go hear what Jesus can do because Jesus did stuff in his life and changed his life dramatically too. So she's like, no. And she's like, I'm not even dressed. And he goes, you should see the way people, some of these people dress here. It's, it's a beach church. There's shorts and there's flip-flops and... People looked at me today because I've got a, an ironed, collared-down shirt and nice shoes on. They're like, what's up with you, man? So she gets to church, and ironically, she gets there, and Jason was in the, Pastor Jason was in the parking lot. 
She gets out of the car and slams the door. Jason's like, wow, are you okay? You know, he doesn't know her. And she's like, well, apparently some of my friends tell me that I need to know about Jesus. And they're telling me I need to come here about him. Some guy's supposed to tell me about him. <laughs> so, you know how Jason will look at you sometimes and preach and give you that eye look? Something tells me he was looking at her that day. Halfway through the service, I was looking at her and she walked in with a frowned face. And I could see the transformation happening. The Holy Spirit was tugging on her heart. I could see the transformation. And it was amazing. Time went on. Service time went on. She accepted Jesus Christ into her heart. It changed her life. But here is the real kicker to the story. I didn't know what was going on in her life. And a couple weeks later, I forget where we bumped into her. She said, John, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you what Jesus is doing in my life and what he did in my life. I'm like, great, let's hear it. She, this is emotional, I'm sorry. She said, I had a bag. I was saving pills in them. They were oxycodone pills. And she goes, I was saving so many of them. I had a bag this full of them. And I had a large bottle of vodka. And she said, that next night, that Sunday night, I was thinking of taking my life up. Because Jesus came into my life that Sunday morning. I am a new person. I mean, praise God. That's how big our Jesus is. That's how powerful he is. What an amazing story. And the, the really neat thing about this is, I cannot tell you... and. I didn't want to mention her name, and she was okay with that. She said I couldn't talk about the story, but she comes in here like on a weekly basis, and she serves all the time. But the really neat thing of this all is she sends so many people here. I'm talking strangers passing through town, going to this gas station. They're having a bad day, and she's like, go check out this church and see what Jesus Christ can do in your life. It really is, and... I know some of you all here are into like multi-level marketing, which is really neat. And I've, I've done it myself a couple times. It's, it's neat. You know, you, you sell something, somebody else sells something, you're making money, and then you know, it goes down the line. Well, think of how that works with us when we witness to people. And think of her story. She told someone about Jesus. That person told someone about Jesus. That person told two people about Jesus. That person told three people about Jesus. Can you imagine being in heaven one day and the Lord looks at you and says, you know, this one particular person that you shared about me with, look at all these people. Because you took the time to tell people about me. You don't need to talk about scripture when you want to witness about Jesus. Some of y'all are comfortable with it. Some of you ain't. I wasn't at first. I didn't. I still don't know a lot of scripture. I'm trying. Speaking on that, having Steve and I share an office, um, I call him my Google Steve. <laughs> We've got this tiny little hallway that we share. It's an office. And when he first came on board here. Pastor Jason's like, okay, we got this guy coming, we've all met him, and he has 30 years, 30-something years experience in preaching, so I'm like, he can sit by me. (laughs) I ain't stupid. (laughs) Actually, I am, but 
that's a whole other story. But it's so nice to have Steve there in my office because I could be in the middle of something or someone will call me. I'll say, let me check with my Google Steve. <laughs> I don't think you've ever not given me the answer to one question I've asked him. That's, you know, it's one thing to know the Bible. Some people know it and some people don't know it and they have passion for Jesus. But Steve obviously has both. And it's just so amazing sharing an office with him. Children are getting fed the word of God here, too, at Coastline Community Church. Um, so many times, I mean, we have such a great children's pastor, Ben and Ashley, and we have such an amazing youth pastor, Anthony and Brooke. What, I call them kids because they could be my kids. <laughs> what they are doing with the children to teach them the word of God here is amazing. And these kids... Children are going home and they're witnessing to their parents. A lot of them come on Wednesday night with Pastor Anthony, and he hears it all the time. They're like, my mom and dad came to church. They haven't been to church in 10 years, but I told them, and they've seen what I'm getting out of these Wednesday nights. How amazing is that? Kids witnessing to their parents. So here's what the word says in the next point. Three. We are here to be witnesses to everyone. Acts 1 through 8. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Tell people about me everywhere. Remember to witness about me. That's the one thing. Don't forget the bread. Jesus Christ is the true bread. Of all things that we become as a church, let's not forget the one thing. That is, we are all here. We are all here to shine the light. Another metaphor is the salt of the earth to entice, to make thirsty for the kind of light that you have. Which leads me which leads them to knowing Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and leader. And it goes on to say in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Look at the last verse right there. In this it says, to the nations it is global. Go back to the first locations. It is geographic, geographically and local. I want you to see this commissioning that comes to the church and now this, is, now this is why we exist. We exist to take this message of grace to our Jerusalem, to our Judea, to our Samaria, and to the ends of the world. We are to take it globally to our nations, and we are to take it to our neighborhood and to our region, even cross-culturally. We look at Coastline Community Church and look at how God has us growing Look at all the ministries that are going on here now at the church. Jesus is just so involved here, and he keeps sending so many amazing people like you all. We use this building six days a week now. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Ryan, that's just got to mean so much. Six days a week. All of this is to help us turn up the power of the light. I can't even keep up how many I can't keep up with how many ministries going on. I've got to go out to the tent myself sometimes. <laughs> People will ask me about a ministry. I'm like, I don't know. Let me run to the tent. Let's go out there. Um, all of these ministries are helping people to witness 
about Jesus Christ. All of this is, is to empower the witnesses of our lives so that other people can come to know Jesus and have their lives changed. In our Jerusalem, in our Judea or Samaria, it's not or Judea or Samaria or globally. We can't pick. It's to be everywhere. It's not one or the other. So understand there's a world that needs Jesus Christ and our community needs Jesus also. Coastline Community Church supports several missionary people around the globe, which is awesome. And I believe that God blesses all of us for doing that because it's because of your support. It's because of your prayers and your tithe that we can support these missionaries. So we're doing it globally also here. You all are doing it globally. Just right through that alone. It's about neighborhoods and nations. It is about the person across the street and the person next door. And believe me, I understand what this verse is saying. In my neighborhood, it's a great neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. But we are to love our neighbors. We are to love our neighbors. And I believe God has placed us where we were at for that reason. We might not like where we're at sometimes. I've got another story I'd like to share with you. It's about witnessing. When I first started working here, one of the things Jason said I was going to do was overlook pastoral care. And we got a call. There was a, um, a gentleman that was in the hospital. So this is like one of my first hospital visits. Grab my Bible. I'm like... I'm going to go encourage this guy. Get there, I meet him, I meet his family members, and we prayed together. And a day or two later, he was sent home. And the next day, I got another call. He was back in the hospital. And, but this time, it was, they found out what was really going on. He had a stage four cancer, and he was given probably about two months to live. So I go to visit this gentleman, and when I get there, this, you know, the whole scenery is different now. You know, everything's different. We know what's going on. We know what's going to happen. We're playing for a miracle because they still happen this day and age. I truly believe that. We know that, a matter of fact. So I get there, and uh, you know, I say hi. And in the room is his wife. His children are grown, and a couple of grandchildren. And as I start talking to him, you know, I'm trying to encourage him. Trying to encourage. The, that's such a hard thing to do. And you got to be so careful about what you say. He took that situation and switched it around. He started witnessing to me. He started telling me how great Jesus Christ was and what a great life that he had. He's like, I'm good. I'm going to be with the Lord. You all are going to be stuck here. <laughs> but he had that kind of attitude. I was blown. The Holy Spirit, that, I'll never forget that day as long as I live. The Holy Spirit was just so involved in the room. I mean, my hairs were sticking up. They are right now talking about this. And he's like, I'm good, man. I've, got a, I've had a great life. I've got an awesome wife, kids, grandchildren. Yeah, I'd like to stay here longer. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying that I can, you know, a miracle happens. 
Then he says, you know what, John? If I can do one more thing for Jesus while I'm here, if I can tell a couple people, a couple nurses or a couple doctors about what Jesus has done in my life, amen to that. He's like, if, if one more life can be saved, if Jesus can use me before I check out to save one more life. When I was leaving the room, I was so choked up. I, I couldn't even pray. They knew I was broken. I think they were actually laughing because they were just such a cool Christian family. And when I went to leave, you know, I prayed a little bit. And as I was walking out the door, I didn't even make it to the door handle. I was just, woo, was just weeping. And it's amazing what someone says to you when they know they only have a month or two left here on earth. I'll never forget I was at his house. Again, this is people talking to you. God talks to you through Jesus. He was asking me about my relationship with my wife and my kids. And, you know, I'm like, hey, we're great, you know. And um, I told them, we're very blessed. We don't argue about um, jealousy or money or nothing like that. We'll argue over stupid things like animals. <laughs> They're not stupid, just for the record. <laughs> I'm the stupid one. For even going there, okay? He looked at me and he said, you, got, you argue. And I told him 99.9% of the times we get in an argument, it's me. It's just me. He said, John, if he, we're at his house now. This is out of the hospital. We're at his house. Hospice is there. Some of his last days. He said, if I had more strength, I'd get up right now and slap you in the head. <laughs> How dare you guys argue over such little minute things? He's like, shame on you. Life is so good. You have so many blessings, so many things to be thankful about. Point number four. We are here to witness for a reason and on purpose. Acts 17:26. From one man he came from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he and he determined he determined the times set for them and the exact place where they should live. I was just talking about that. And he determined the time set for them and the exact place, places where they should live. After this verse, it says, determined the time set for them and you and I are alive because of this reason. We are, we are the stewards of what's going on now. You hear that? We are the stewards of what's going on now or else we wouldn't be here. We're here for a purpose, for a point. If you look back in history and you see things that have happened, obviously, that was not our time. But this present time, this present day is our time. Sometimes we say we wish we could go back and do things different. But no, that's not the case because God has ordained that you and I are here now in this culture with the needs of our community. We're here for purpose. We're here for a reason. We're here to talk about Jesus. So God will use us here and now. We are all called to be witnesses right here and right now. The Bible did not stop after it was, after it was written. The work of Jesus Christ will always move forward. 
Let's let the light shine. Let, let this be branded in your heart. Let this be branded in your heart. Isn't it intriguing to think that where we are here, to be here now, to be stewards now, and that, that were you, no, sorry, now and that you were alive and is where you are, the Lord wants you to live. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Because the neighbors you have, because the co-workers you have, because the family you have, he believes you can reach them. And they can reach us. I know we all look at where we live maybe because it's close to something. Maybe it's close to the beach. Maybe it's close to the school. Maybe it's close to the place you work. Man, I wish I could live right next to some of these restaurants here in town. <laughs> but I'm, I'm where I live for a reason. But could it be there's a sovereignty of God at work that you live exactly where you should live? Think of that. Maybe someone near you that has an addiction problem, a marriage problem, or a sense of loneliness and feels out of control... God has you near them for a reason. Even stopping by a gas station. For the purpose of you reaching your neighbors, I'm preaching this to myself right now. I have a neighbor I can look out my front window. It's an elderly lady. Gosh, I think she's 92. Her name just she's a great lady. I haven't been over there enough. I'm preaching to myself right now. She's this sweet lady. Her daughter lives with her. They take turns because she can't live alone. But you think, I could get out of my selfish needs and go over there a little more often. I have to. I want to. That's my prayer now is to make time to do that. This verse, Acts 17.26, is ordained. Are we doing what this verse is telling us to do? Okay, some of you are uncomfortable, again, about quoting scripture. Just go love on people. Think of how many neighborhoods right now are represented in this room. And if we realize that our neighbors are his idea and our assignment, that's pretty powerful. Think of what we, we could do if we applied witnessing, encouraging, blessing, and loving on these people to the next level. Think what Jesus can do throughout this community if we ask him to help. As I said earlier, I truly believe God speaks through us through circumstance for our daily lives. We just don't take enough time to slow down and listen. We need to understand one thing. We should never fear. We should never fear when we are trying to listen to God or speak to somebody about him. Let's go back to the first scripture, verse 8. When they looked up. All they saw was Jesus, no one else but Jesus. They understood at that point they were there to listen to Jesus. They understood we just need to love Jesus and do and listen to him. All the, lo- all the laws that Moses wrote were about Jesus. All the prophecies that, G- that Elijah wrote talked about Jesus. Let's love on Jesus. Let's watch Jesus. Let's listen to Jesus. And most of all, let's talk about Jesus. I told you last time I preached, I call my, consider myself a Jesus freak. And Kim and Eric are my Jesus freak buddies. 
Last thing. Isaiah 49, 6. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Christ offered salvation to all nations and his apostles began the, the, the missionary movement to take the gospel to the ends of the world. Missionary work today continues. Taking the light of the gospel to all neighborhoods and all, neighbor, and all na nations. Do you have a talent? Or another resource that can help spread the message of Christ? Try to think of one person. Pray on it. One person. Who maybe you can go out and talk to Jesus about. At this time I'd like lights to just dim out. And everybody bow their heads, please. We're going to close. One of the greatest, the greatest thing can happen to you when you accept Jesus Christ into your life is you can leave behind what has happened yesterday, what has happened last week, even what has happened 10 years ago. Never let what has happened in the past ruin your brand new day you have today. I'd like to do something a little different today. God just put, he put this on my heart as I was going through this message. If there's, I'm going to count to three, but before I do that, I'd like to talk about a couple things. If there's anybody in this room that would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, invite him into your heart and give him all the worries of life and spend time with him. When I count to three, I'll ask you to raise your hand. If there's anybody in this room that would like to rededicate their life to Jesus Christ, you can raise your hand. And number three is a little different. If there's anybody in this room that you want to commit to, that you're thinking of, that you can go out and talk about Jesus. Someone you might know. And again, you don't have to go and... and talk about the gospel or quote scripture just someone you want to go and love on someone you know I just want you to think right now is there somebody that might be like that that you can do that and pray on that I'm even going to ask you to be so bold as to stand up if you'd like to just to make that statement so with, that be, with that being said I'm going to count to three one two three I see your hands yes oh awesome is beautiful thank you awesome I see your hand thank you I see yours thank you some people are standing up too this is amazing thank you so much let's close in prayer and keep our heads bowed Lord Jesus I ask that you forgive my sins and save me from eternal separation from God by faith I accept the work and death you did on the cross a sufficient payment for my sins Lord Thank you for providing me the way to know you and to have a relationship with you, my Heavenly Father. Through faith in you, I have eternal life. 
Thank you also for hearing my prayers and loving me unconditionally. Please give me strength, wisdom, and determination to walk in the center of your will. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.